well, 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 welcome to the Purple Stuff Podcast. Starring Jay from the Sexy Armpit and Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. Matt, isn't it ironic that when we were kids, we would always fast forward through commercials and get real antsy, but now, all these years later, all we want to do is watch these old commercials? Oh, God, absolutely. And let me tell you, when I go through a tape where somebody had cut them out, <laughs> oh, I just want to reach my hands into the television and choke them. Bastards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's just so many good ones. And then once you start watching them like on YouTube and stuff or on a VHS tape, it's like a rabbit hole. Yeah, totally. It's uh, still, after all these years, one of my favorite pastimes. That it is. I know you're the connoisseur of the commercials. (laughs) Yes, thank you. And that is um, what we're leading to for this evening's Purple Stuff podcast. Yeah, the world is scary as hell right now, so a lot of us have been finding comfort in the fun kind of scary stuff, like, say, horror movies, or in this case, spooky old TV commercials, Jay! Yes, creepy (laughs) commercials. I mean, we've done a lot of stuff that has been creepy. Obviously, we talked about horror films and songs, spooky songs. How does does the phrasing go? We we made our bones. Yeah. (laughs) And the one aspect that we haven't done yet is creepy commercials. So that's what we're going to get into tonight. What better time than early April to get into classic creepy commercials? It's one of these topics that really excites me. It gets me happy. There's not much more uh, nostalgia than watching an old commercial. There's the stuff that you knew you loved, and then there's the stuff that you totally forgot you loved, and then there's the stuff you'd never heard of until some guy put it on YouTube in 2009 in 4x3 with the audio only coming through the left channel. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So we each have a great bunch to go over. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about both of our picks tonight. I think we have come in with some strong, spooky stuff tonight. Yes. Can't wait to get into it. So who's going to begin? Um, I'm going to flip this bottle cap for real. So whatever it lands on, do you want the part that looks like a cup or the part that looks like a top? Uh, I'm going to go with the part that looks like a cup. You're up first, buddy. All right, here we go. Number one. You know, kids, the kitchen ain't a playground. There's a lot of danger hiding in here. That dangling cord can be a disaster. Especially if they grab hold and yank me. My cord should be up. Hey, you said it. Keep dangling cords out of reach. Delicious cookies can be a tempting treat. I should be over there. Keep goodies away from heat so kids don't get more than a treat. There's a lot of things in here that can burn you. By itself, it's harmless, but filled with scalding hot water... I just wait for a child to grab my handle, then. <laughs> Uh-oh, a really bad brain. So to stay out of hot water, keep those pot handles turned in. I'm going to kick things off with a Bugs Bunny PSA. And we've talked about PSAs, public service announcements, on previous episodes. And in the 80s and 90s, public service announcements were... Very high quality, you know, almost like movie-like. 
very effective, very big productions, and very much capable of completely destroying the children who saw them day after day. Yep. And thinking about this, people will probably be like, well, why is he talking about Bugs Bunny on a creepy commercials <laughs> broadcast? <laughs> so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because for me, this was a very, very old school. Like when I was real little, this commercial aired and it aired for like six years. It was one of those that always popped up when you were you're like, wow, this is still on TV. You stay home from school one day and you're like you would be all over the prices, right? Even. I'm only like five, but I'm already getting nostalgic from when I was two. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, and I think the uh, spot came out maybe in 82 or so. Yeah. So by the time it was still on in, say, 86, 87, it almost felt like an archaic antique Bugs. Yeah, exactly. And the premise is that Bugs Bunny is in a live action kitchen, like a real life kitchen. And the kitchen is like, just like yours and mine from back then and everyone else's. And it's so comforting to see these 80s kitchens. Oh, yeah. All that uh, particle board and like it's not even wood paneling. It's like a wood paneling sticker over the worst wood. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, from the placement of the refrigerator and the blender and everything, I'm like, this is my kitchen. It's crazy. Yeah, it's funny because like most um, when you when you would see a kitchen displayed on television, it would have that sitcom kitchen look. This one, yeah. you're right. It almost like they've just pulled it right out of your own house. Yeah. And so the idea is that Bugs is in the kitchen and he's warning you that there are dangers in this kitchen that you need to watch out for. Basically, everything in the kitchen is trouble. Yeah, and it was frightening because you weren't expecting this dangling cord from a coffee pot to turn into a snake who's begging you to yank at him. Right. So the idea is that, like, you start off with, say, like you mentioned, the the coffee pot and it's live action, and then it turns into this horrible cartoon monster. And then there was also a cookie jar. And the cookie jar takes it upon himself to bounce away from the stove area because if you go to grab a cookie, you could burn your hands because the stove is there. A very rare tip. I don't think I've been warned too often outside of Bugs Bunny about the coffee jar being too close to the open flame. The, uh, the, co the cookie jar. The cookie jar. Sorry. <laughs> the coffee jar. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little tired, Jay. My mind's yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> so. This um, scalding pot that's on the stove comes alive. He starts boiling and he's got this crazy, diabolical, angry monster face with fangs. He's got these fangs. I just wait for a child to grab my handle and... <laughs> the thing with the pot is that for the, the other two, the, the cookie jar... I have that one right that time. It's cookies. Yes, cookie jar and yeah. the coffee pot. It was almost like they were incidentally dangerous... The fucking pot on the stove wants to kill you. Oh, yeah. He it's like, it. that's its real purpose. Yeah. And they save that one for last because you're like, oh, my God. It really leaves you with the impression that you can't mess with this thing. We are watching this when we are really, really little kids. So the, sim the symbolism, we don't get it completely. Like, I know for me, I was afraid that things in the kitchen might turn into monsters. That's what I took from this ad. Right. And we always had, like, guys like us, always had imaginations that probably were way overblown anyway. So watching yep. this, you're like, oh, crap. Now now the cord is a snake. Yes, it, it's terrifying. And apparently this is one in a series of ounce of prevention Looney Tunes PSAs, but this is the most famous one by far. This was before Space Jam and Looney Tunes back in action. Like This was pretty neat to see bugs in a real-life setting. I thought that was very cool. It was cool, but I mean, at least with Space Jam, he's not there to terrify you, you know? Yeah. You obviously saw this when you were little. Did you just think it was like, oh, kind of cool that Bugs Bunny was out in the commercial breaks in the real world? Or are you like me and just petrified? I, I, I used to get excited. I used to get actually really pumped up because I was like, yes, this is that like mini horror cartoon movie. I think I was a sadist yeah, when I was a kid. You're sick son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs> This is how it all started. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Bugs. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Bugs wasn't even doing his, like, big stage Bugs Bunny voice. He had his serious business voice going. 
Yeah. And you're just sitting there cheering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad you remembered this one. It's pretty obscure. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because when you watch it now, it's nothing. Like, I can't pretend that anyone is going to be afraid of it now. But sh- thinking back, man, this was effective and spooky shit. And I think a lot of people, if they seek it out, they'll probably go, oh, yeah, I remember this one. Mm, the cobra yeah. coming off the coffee pot wire. <laughs> of course. And that voice of the boiling pot. Oh, my God. His face is like etched in your memory. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And he gets like 500 times bigger when he turns red. Oh, just a fucking tormentor. And what's up, pot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that on two fronts. <laughs> Number two. If maniacs, zombies, aliens, monsters, and madmen are your line, then try this. Creep phone, the phone number nightmares are made of. Call 1-900-909-CREEP. Creep phone puts you in touch with the baddest of the bad. And now you can be a Creep phone star. Record your own screaming monster madness. You may be heard by millions of Creep phone fans nationwide. Call now. Under 18, get permission before calling. $2 first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. So there were a ton of scary 900 numbers in the 80s and 90s starring everyone from Freddy to the Boglin puppets. But the one that always fascinated me the most was the old creep phone. <laughs> yes. one 900 creep You're a bit of an expert on these uh, dial-in numbers, I'm telling you. I might have mentioned this on other shows, but I've been encoding a lot of commercials. And you just can't believe how many hotlines there were. Between 88 and 89, there had to be like fucking 500 of them. Oh, yeah. If, if you were anybody, you had a, your own uh, dial-in line. Right. And you wouldn't think that a like scary themed hotline would be that much of a draw. But this was like this was one of them. Freddy had one. Boglins had one. There was a skeleton who had one. There was like a random Dracula who had one. And those were just the ones that were like kind of aimed at kids. This was a big business. Yeah. And then they were like ones late at night where you can call women. Yes. Yeah. So you went from the, the <laughs> horror ads from three o'clock to like 10 o'clock. And then it was all like the fake date hotlines. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So you never called this one. No, I never called this one. I never did either, but just judging by the commercial, I guess it's safe to assume that you heard some guy with like pitched down audio effects on his voice telling you about madmen and monsters. (laughs) They tell you that you are susceptible to being recorded and you might get played on a call. (laughs) Yes, they actually had a sweepstakes going, and this was like late into the Creep Phone era, which, believe it or not, actually had an era. It was around for a while. So in this particular commercial, yeah. Was that that after the Renaissance era? Yeah, that's how it went. There was was the Ice Age, the Renaissance era, and the Creep Phone era. So for me, it was always an internal debate as to whether you can get away with calling them without your parents noticing the charge. Like, I never asked. It was always just a matter of, because they would never say yes to something this frivolous. Yeah, I would have had to call because that (laughs) they poured over that phone bill like you wouldn't believe. So so you would have needed permission. Oh, yeah. My house was such like a fucking circus. I was a big family. You know, I used to have a stray cat in my bedroom without anyone in the house noticing. (laughs) Like, it was just that kind of house. So I could get away with dialing the creep phone for five minutes and people just paying the bill without looking. <laughs> That's awesome. What makes the creep phone so interesting in retrospect is that even though the hotline had zero to do with the movie, all of the clips in the commercial were from 1986's Troll. It was probably uh, cheap to get licensed footage from that movie, I bet. I mean, that's the only explanation because uh, what the fuck else is Troll doing here? But I mean, they would have done a lot better, I think, if they would have just called it the troll hotline. I think that's we would have been saying. all on board. If you're going to go this far, and let's be, if you're going this far, you're going like 96% far. Yeah. If your entire commercial is from one movie, that would see, I would have called the troll hotline. You would. You, you, you probably saw this back then, that movie, huh? Yeah. Oh, man. Absolutely. 
I only saw it for the first time just the other night in prep for the show, actually. And wow, why did I wait so long? Oh, it's it is it is incredible. It's words can't explain. I've seen Troll 2 a million times, and though I know it has no connection to it, everyone acts like it's so much bigger. This one gives that a run for its money, I think. I know you and I have always talked about it, and you always like really sang praises to Troll 2. And I'm like, ah, I always liked the first one better. For the purposes of this commercial, they're just grabbing all the shots of those like ghoulies-esque monsters. Yeah, that's and exactly it, like the vibe to it. Like extra mutated, extra toxic ghoulies, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, slimy. Yeah, and like between them, if, if you haven't seen the movie, they're pretty scary to look at. So you got that and the scary voiceover guy. It's pretty dark shit to see on network TV. I was really thinking, hmm, I'm wondering if Matt is going to pull out. Like, by the way, I was just kidding. I did call and here's the recording. (laughs) I recorded the whole thing. Jay, happy birthday. I actually got the original VO announcer to do a cameo for you. Call 1-900-909-QUEEN. Hello, Jay. (laughs) I heard you like rat burgers. (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Uh, you got me to swine laugh (laughs) number three you know how much a piece of grit in the eye can hurt Imagine how a piece of metal like this can hurt the rest of your life. To work safely, you've got to have eye protection and proper tools. It takes know-how to prevent an accident. We've got it. Let's use it. Produced by your Construction Safety Association. Next up for me, Matt, is a really odd choice, and it is a Construction Safety Association of Ontario public service announcement. I know I'm hitting you with two public service announcements in a row, but this has to be done. I guess Ontario was big on the safety for all construction workers in Canada, so this one is about eye shrapnel. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah. So this is from uh, 1985. They had a whole series of these, but this one was by far the most horrific public service announcement of all time. Just saying eye shrapnel is probably the scariest thing we'll talk about all night because it like hurts to say eye shrapnel. (laughs) It's just, you wince. You can't say it without, just try it. Uh, All of our listeners say eye shrapnel right now and see what your eyes do. Eye shrapnel. (laughs) So this guy is hammering a nail and a piece of the nail The shrapnel flies into his eye, right? It flies right into his eye. But accompanying that flying of the shrapnel is this laser synth sound that goes along with it. If you watch this thing on mute, it's not much. But when you put the volume up, yep. So this guy just, he shrieks in pain and you feel this guy's pain. It was like the most intense performance of any PSA ever. He sold that shit like The Rock taking a stunner, Jay. Yeah. It was a a fucking masterclass. It was. Yeah. And you know he had to be the friendliest guy in real life because he was Canadian and they're also friendly. That's true. And that's why you root for him. You just wish he was wearing his goggles. Exactly. You just have to put the goggles on. But yeah, to see this happen, it made it even worse, eh? (laughs) (laughs) But then at the end you realize it's like a horror movie because the killer comes alive again after you think they died. And then there's more shrapnel rocketing toward the screen. And it yes. feels like it's going to get in your own eyes, like Peter Gabriel in your eyes. It's, it's, it is very three-dimensional. That said, though, they did take some artistic license with that particular nail. It looked like it came from an antique shop in the 1800s. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this guy like works construction. Why is he digging this obviously antique nail? Yeah, like every piece of the nail was frayed off. <laughs> yeah, like and you could flick it with your fingernail and shrapnel would fly away. <laughs> yeah. To work safely, you've got to have eye protection. So, I mean, you have chosen 
lots of stuff on the Purple Stuff podcast before that I would say, like, really? This is your pick? Like, to me, I think at first you're thinking, come on, this doesn't belong on this list at all. But it does if you watch it. So that's the hill you're going to die on, that the Canadian eye shrapnel PSA <laughs> deserved a spot. Yes. <laughs> uh, take control. Number four. Do you remember when three liter soda bottles were all the rage? Of course I friggin' do. To be honest, I wasn't even aware that they had fallen out of fashion, but I guess like now you could only find them with generic brands at Walmart. I was actually going to ask you, I was going to say, do they even still make them anymore? No, I mean, I don't think the big the big guys do, but maybe some of the uh, the lesser knowns might. But when we when yeah. we were kids, like those giant bottles, they got the moon push, as they say. It was the King Kong Bundy of soda bottles. Yes, yes. And it almost lines up uh, in terms of years, because in 1985, Coca-Cola unleashed the Thirst Buster. Yes. And it was in 85 when Hogan beat Bundy at WrestleMania 2. I was 86, but you were close. Okay. <laughs> So the Thirst Buster was Coke's nickname for its three liter bottles. Obviously, that was a riff on Ghostbusters, which hit theaters a year prior and was released by Columbia Pictures, which owned Coca-Cola by then. Wow. Now that is. Oh, wait, um, I'm sorry. No, Coca-Cola owned Columbia. That's insane. Yeah, that's, so that's how they pulled this off. Like the six degrees of separation. Right, right. And to make good on the Thirst Buster title. We had this commercial where Coke brought in Ray Parker Jr. to do a whole riff on the original Ghostbusters song. My head just exploded. When you come in first with a real big thirst, who are you going to call? <laughs> thirst Busters. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, and, and what's his face? He's actually in the commercial. He is singing this tune right to you, and he is wearing a Coca-Cola shirt. It is so on the nose and so perfect. I love the color scheme. It's like neon pink and blue. It's really neat. Yeah, he's almost like he's in some sort of like hip version of purgatory. <laughs> they could have went even further with the Ghostbusters tie-in because Coke was in Ghostbusters, not only new Coke, but also Coca-Cola Classic in Dana Barrett's fridge next to all the junk food in the movie. Yes, that's true. That's true. They could have taken, they could have got, what's, what's, what's her name again? Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney. They could have got Sigourney yeah. Weaver to do this commercial if they just asked her. We always had to get the thriller just because it was a gimmick. It wasn't yeah. even because, like, it wasn't even that we drank that much soda, but it was a gimmick. Oh, and it no, was you had to grab it. I mean, yeah. it was like from another world. It really was. It like giant soda. How do I not get it? It's like walking by the giant novelty Reese's Cups at Christmas. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. And, you know, on the show, you brought up the giant pizza. I, I feel like I would remember a giant pizza, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> All right. Well, you brought up a giant Bigfoot pizza. pizza. Yeah, yeah. Pizza has Bigfoot pizza. People just like size matters, Jay. It does. It does. We didn't need all that soda, but I'll tell you, it was just a cool thing to have. So it wasn't even just the size of the bottle. It was the cap. The fucking cap, man. The cap was like, if you turn it upside down, it was like the size of a hot tub. I want to hop in that shit. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, you're exaggerating, but it was literally the size of like a courtesy cup from Burger King. Yeah. Like, it was fucking gigantic. It was. <laughs> um, you mentioned New Coke. And yeah, this was 1985. So I guess... You got Ray Parker Jr. up there shilling not just Coke, but new Coke. Yeah. Which has come up on the purple stuff several times before, and I still love to death. So that's a little bonus. It was, yeah, it was a big deal back then, I'll tell you. And then I don't know if you noticed who pops <laughs> popped in at the end of the commercial. 
Yeah, so basically you got to ignore the fact that Bill Cosby pops up at the end. So if you maybe I'll do an edit of the commercial that like, takes out the last 0.5 seconds. Then there's one other person who appeared in this commercial supposedly. I don't know if you remember Yasmin Bleeth from Baywatch. Uh, didn't she come up the time we spoke about Hogan and Macho fighting on the beach or something with Ric Flair? Yes. So she, I think from what I'm reading, was one of the girls toward the end of the commercial. Really? So she got her start in Ray Parker Jr.'s <laughs> Thirst Buster commercial? An auspicious <laughs> debut, as Gorilla might say. <laughs> Number five. Wanna go psycho with me, Elvira, here at the Bates Motel? Look for me wherever they sell mug root beer. And enter the Go Psycho with Elvira contest. You can be my guest at Universal Studios in Hollywood for a monstrous bash at the Bates Motel. Shower anyone? This Halloween, go psycho with Elvira and win a party with Mug Root Beer and me. I love my mug. I love it. From your beverage to mine, Matt, this one is the 1990 commercial for Mug Root Beer with Elvira. I believe it's from 1989, but yes, you're right, it is, Jay. 1989, whatever. Um, now, old-fashioned Mug Root Beer was the key word because old fashioned that just meant it was a better root beer in my opinion i loved mug root beer so to see elvira appearing in ads for mug was like a giant surge of mug root beer sales in the greater central jersey area <laughs> yeah all from you yeah mom yeah. can we go get a 24 pack of mug at the amp <laughs> well you were trying to win that go cycle with elvira contest yeah that, the whole idea of this uh, was done in the um psycho house like the actual psycho house on the set in universal in california uh, a lot of people noticed that the gif where Elvira is in front of that house is actually from this commercial. Right, where the lightning strikes over the Bates house and Elvira is all, come here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she did it all old timey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she's in the house and she's introducing this contest that they're doing. Like you said, the Go Psycho with Elvira contest where you could win a party in that house with her. It's like the most amazing thing in the world. I did some digging. It was a real thing. I guess like she hosted a Halloween party at the Bates Motel and Universal Studios Hollywood and like random people went. So amazing. Yeah. Oh, oh. God. I could just imagine you as a kid. Oh, it, I wanted to win that so bad. Yeah. And so in the background, you hear like little hints of the psycho suite playing and she's partying. She's got the ghouls. She's like the mummies there. Michael Berryman. That was the real Michael. Sorry, I just got so excited. That was the real Michael Berryman. Yeah, that was the real. Unless some guy dressed up as him. Like if wow. you can get like a trick or treat studios, Michael Berryman mask, that's the only way he would look right. convincing. So it was like a, a two for one sale at the store for the mug root beer and a two for one sale with Elvira and Michael Berryman. I, it's, I can't believe it. So then the money shot for me. Elvira standing outside the shower, like the infamous shower, with a zombie guy, and she says, shower anyone? And the dude screams his head off, and she just smiles and looks at the camera. Like, yeah. if, if anyone wants to know what kind of humor tickles me, that's the that's it right there. Yeah, that, that personifies <laughs> you. That two seconds of this old Rupio commercial definitely <laughs> screams Jay. And it's funny, that little part, because if you haven't seen Psycho, and by that point, I certainly had not. I had no idea what he was screaming about. I didn't get that it was a Psycho reference. Okay. Yes, I'm yes. like, why is why is this monster so afraid to shower with Elvira? I think he's getting the better end of that arrangement. <laughs> but I don't know. For me, it was like too comedically good for a damn root beer commercial. I thought it was so funny. So then the whole commercial ends with a weird dead guy saying, I love my mug. It has to be like one of the best commercials of all time. When you think about the aesthetic in relation to Halloween that a lot of folks our age still carry, it's basically this commercial. Oh, yeah. 
for root beer for me, like I had to be in a root beer mood. I'm not like one of these guys. Like I don't need root beer all the time. I drink diet. No, I, I, yeah, I could see that you're not somebody who needs root beer all the time, but I could also probably predict that if you wanted root beer, that would trump all other considerations, no matter who you were with or where you were. You could be at the fucking North pole clinging to a glacier about to fucking die. And you would be still going on and on about having to get that root beer. <laughs> Come on, a, a, a nice cold, frosty mug filled with mug root beer, and you're with Elvira and all these monsters partying inside the Bates Motel. All I hear in my head is Frankie Valley singing, Oh, what a night. The best is that you know that if you tried to do like a six degrees thing with Elvira and Frankie Valley, you would need just one little tiny line. I'm sure they did fucking five movies together somehow. <laughs> Number six. Proper care and feeding of a teenager. Number one rule. Don't let them drink alcohol. <laughs> rule number two. Never let them get into a car with a driver who has been drinking. <laughs> rule number three. Never ever under any circumstances allow him to take illegal drugs <laughs> to grow up a happy healthy teenager is important if you love them you take good care of them <laughs> Okay, let's talk about the old Gremlins drinking and driving PSA. Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought this up. This one had a major impact on me as a kid. I think it was the same for you. Oh, absolutely. This was big. The movie, of course, it came out in 84. I don't think the PSA started airing until 1985. And we have Mr. Wing and Gizmo chilling out in his shop. And it's like the really real deal versions, meaning they actually hired Key Luke to reprise his role from the film. Mm-hmm. And you have a movie quality gizmo sitting there on his lap, chirping and doing all his gizmo noises. I remember seeing this for the first time with my sister and we first thought it was like a new promo for something new or like a toy or a new TV show or something. Right, right. Like you wouldn't expect them to get uh, stars of the caliber of Key Luke and Gizmo to appear <laughs> in this TSA about drunk driving. <laughs> But they did. And in a spin on Mr. Wing's three rules of caring for a mogwai, he explains to Gizmo the three rules of caring for a growing teenager. Total dread. Yeah. So he starts talking about underage drinking and then underage drinking and driving. And of course, he's cutting between that and shots of the gremlins drinking in the bar and crashing cars and things like that. But then he gets to the rule about never taking illegal drugs. And since there are no shots of the Gremlins taking drugs in the movie, <laughs> they instead use the shot of Stripe popping out of the fountain with all of his flesh melting off. Oh, and his yeah. eyes, they look like, like soggy white orbs. Yeah, it's just like melting. <laughs> the scariest, goriest shot in Gremlins by 50,000 oh. miles. Yeah. And it's right there on regular television at 2 p.m. 100%. Yeah. It also aired at night as well very very scary because you weren't expecting it because you see gizmo you're like oh it's gonna be cute and then it's like nope nah yeah (laughs) Uh, i mean i'm telling you it might have aired late at night but it certainly aired in daytime hours because i didn't watch tv late at night and i absolutely saw this multiple times as a kid yeah no i'm talking like like prime time too i know i remember oh yeah no i mean if you like we said the stars of caliber of key luke and gizmo you definitely (laughs) want that on the 8 p.m slot yeah yeah (laughs) thursday night nbc the thing to note and this is just my theory, is that in Gremlins canon, this had to be like before the first Gremlins because Gizmo is with Mr. Wing. Uh, Au contraire, because at the end of the movie, Gizmo goes back with Mr. Wing. But, but okay, I'm sorry, pre-Gremlins 2, right? But yes, yeah. it's definitely somewhere between yeah. Gremlins and Gremlins 2. Yeah, yeah. Or perhaps before Gremlins. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's... So maybe the HBO show Secrets of the Mogwai will feature an episode where they film a drunk driving PSA 
And Gizmo's agent, Ari Gold, is trying to sign him for a series of PSAs. But Gizmo is holding out for more money because he feels they're lowballing him. And then Mr. Wing tries to talk Gizmo out of it altogether because he feels television is for fools. Based on what I'm hearing, I think we could expect unanimous praise on social media. <laughs> but but the, here's the thing. At the end of the episode, Gizmo realizes that Mr. Wing's antique shop is under foreclosure, and he goes against Mr. Wing's advisement, and he takes the lowball offer for the PSA because it was secretly enough to pay for the shop to get him out of debt. And then Gizmo realizes he should have been honest with Mr. Wing, but his heart was in the right place. Subscribe to HBO Max for $9.99 a month. <laughs> fucking Christ. I told you before we started recording that I had gotten high. Do you think I can handle the kind of shit you're throwing at me right now? I'm sitting here. I have a crayon in my hand. I'm trying to make a graphic of the timeline of this commercial. And while I'm writing my little doodles here, this is what I'm hearing. Christ sake, Jay. Number seven. On evenings like this, I like to curl up with a good book. The sort of book that lets the imagination run away with you. If you're like me and enjoy the mysterious and the unexpected, you'll love the enchanted world. A fascinating new series from Time Life Books about the legends, myths, and folk tales of ages past. These are the books that let you fly along with those unlucky spirits condemned to haunt the world of the living. You'll find yourself in a world where valiant warriors battle fearsome dragons and scaly creatures snatch away beautiful maidens. Each volume brings to life so vividly those inhabitants of the other world. Witches and wizards, ghosts, goblins, and avenging knights. Call now and enter the enchanted world with the first book, Wizards and Witches. <laughs> My favorite subject. It's an intriguing account of sorcery, spells, and deception. Other books include ghosts, fairies, and elves, and dragons. Painstakingly researched by the editors of Time Life Books, each volume is exquisitely illustrated and portrayed with masterworks of art. Each volume is superbly written and bound in luxurious fabric. Remember, once you're lured into the enchanted world, there's no telling where your imagination will take you. <laughs> For my final pick, Matt, we have the Time Life Enchanted World commercial starring Vincent Price. Son of a bee, you called this one before I had a chance. This is absolutely a classic. It definitely would have been on my list if it wasn't on yours. This was a line of books that preceded the ones that we always talk about, which were the Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown. Yes, but I mean, a close cousin of them. Yeah. Time Life books could sell me literally anything. They had a book set about building porches and patios and advanced <laughs> woodworking, and I wanted the fuck out of it, right? <laughs> it's totally fucking true. <laughs> so they tried to sell a compilation cassette of like romantic 80s ballads, and I wanted all the tapes. That's where half of your music knowledge comes from. <laughs> yeah. Grab them tapes. <laughs> when we were young, the way we knew Vincent Price was not only through Michael Jackson's thriller, but also through the Hawaiian episodes of the Brady Bunch that were in the in reruns at the time. Yes, yes. I would say those two were, were had an equal share in Price's fame. Yes. He appeared in the most successful music video of all time. Yep. And he was in a Brady Bunch episode or a pair of them, maybe from like 1972. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is an outstanding example of how back then such little nuance and detail was put into creating these commercials because they felt like mini movies. It's just incredible to think that for 20 years, the best commercials on television were done by Time Life Books. Yeah, who would have thought, right? And we have Vincent Price basically reprising his roles from like the Roger Corman films and stuff like that. So he's in this sort of medieval haunted type castle setting. The setting, uh, fuck, no way that was a set, Jay. They went, they found a castle. <laughs> they, they found, found a yeah. there. 
<laughs> they're like in Transylvania somewhere. Yeah, yeah. there is no fucking way. He's super calm and collected talking about how on stormy nights, he likes to curl up with a good book. And you're like, all right, right there. All he needed to say was that. And you were like, you were fully invested in what he was about to tell Out to the 800 number. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like this thing was like two minutes. It was almost like an infomercial. It was like a miniature episode of like tales from the dark side or something. This one actually did air very late at night. And of course, it was like precisely scheduled for optimum pants pissing time. Yeah, yeah. You're watching like the 1.30 late night movie about the 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 strangler or whatever. And then there's Vincent Price. You think you're getting a break. Little time with fucking Sandy Dumpkin and Eric Wheatens. And no, it's this. <laughs> Two minutes of Vincent Price just freaking you the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh, book line, the Enchanted World books, it was billed to have included like witches wizards ghosts goblins knights sorcery spells warlocks dragons all that kind of stuff and this series was more rooted in fantasy while their other series motu mysteries of the unknown oh oh you see what i did there yes mm, <laughs> was based, yeah it was based more in science and the other commercials were very very good and memorable but this one was like the grandest of them all so oh well, yeah because this one had him in it the whole way through you know a lot of them are great and i might even like some of the other ones more but they don't have vincent price in a smoking jacket on screen for a minute and 50 seconds at the fucking very least <laughs> and they were bound in luxurious fabric it wasn't that's like a regular actual quote from his by the way that's yeah. what he referred it's like it's, i love it because he's like everything i'm about to tell you is terrifying except for the part about this luxurious fabric <laughs> do, you, do you like red velvet <laughs> <laughs> and he strokes the book while his eyes turn green how many books do you have covered in red velvet <laughs> uh, quite a few actually <laughs> so uh toward the end his mouth is agape as he laughs menacingly and oh my god this well, was i mean that, that's definitely a, i mean this this commercial is from 85 thriller was 84 that was clearly like a a thriller thing. oh totally thriller yeah but like with those eyes like they just go vacant and lighting up like greenish yellow and i wanted it so bad every time i saw that commercial i just wanted to watch that scene again to me it's like it was sweet pain this was uh this was strong shit. It's still strong shit. It might not scare you, but it could create a mood of tension in the home. Yes, yes. And yeah, like you're right. Of course you watch it now, maybe doesn't have the same kind of impact. But for us, when we were little kids late at night back then, maybe we hadn't been as uh ravaged with horror films as we are now. Right, right. <laughs> and and remember too that most commercials, like the scary ones that we'd have to endure, they were 30 seconds. So it's like your brain was trained to like release some endorphins at the 30 second mark. Yeah. Here you did that, and it's like you blew your wad because you still had another minute and a half before you got to Green Eyes Vincent Price. Yeah, <laughs> they're bringing you all around in circles, talking about the witches and warlocks and the red velvet, and then yeah. look at my Ooh. eyes, look at my eyes, <laughs> playing oh, with your emotions like it's a harp, like a harp from hell. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Number eight. You're telling ghost stories in the Fun Fruits jungle. Often opened and skeletons scare the aliens. Skeleton! And that's when we discovered Fun Fruits spooky fruit with skulls, ghosts, and monsters. And Fun Fruits space shapes with aliens, astronauts, and spaceships. Real fruit snacks from Sunkiss Fun Fruits. Give me five. Space shapes and spooky So while I will forever think that fruit wrinkles were the best fruit snacks of all time, mm -hmm. Sunkissed Fun Fruits were right up there. And in 1988, they unleashed a delicious new terror, Jay. Yes. Sunkissed Spooky Fruits. Yes. Yes, with pieces shaped like bats and skulls and other monstrous things. These came out at the same time as Sunkissed Space Shapes. And to celebrate, they... Pff, they they put out this fucking <laughs> insane, most insane commercial I think I've ever seen. It really is. It's insane. 
Yeah, I mean, you have to remember every Sunkissed Fun Fruits commercial was kind of insane because you would always start off with those trees that like just screamed, oh, ho, ho, ho. The anthropomorphic trees were the best. Yes, yes. And they were in all the commercials. So after a while, you got a little desensitized to them. But here you have those trees and a stormy night and a fucking alien that looks like an inside out grimace and a giant skeleton with light up eyes that looks like bad to the bone from the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> Well, all right. So first you mentioned the trees. Now you got to remember, we wouldn't have these fruit snacks if it wasn't for those trees because they grew the fruit snacks. Yes. Yes. That was the, the conceit of the commercial is that they would basically, the trees would shake and all these, these fucking fruit snacks would just rain out of them. Shake, 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 Sonora. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. I think this is one of the most batshit crazy commercials, but we've talked about this many, many times. Uh, on the show and the fact that there was uh, an absolute blitz going on in the world for fruit snacks. Like we oh, were yeah. in it the was, blitz. It was, right it was big. There was, it was, God, it was just a giant competition between all these different companies. But getting back to the fun fruit jungle, that it kind of reminded me going back a little bit to troll when they when they make the, oh, yes. the little it's, jungle in the room you know <laughs> yes yeah, so it's the little troll guy he has terraformed this otherwise serene fruit snacks commercial set into this haunted horror filled with haunted plants and high fructose monsters yes i mean come on those monsters were something else for this commercial i mean you already have a set filled with living trees and then you throw these two yeah the fucking twin towers of doom <laughs> <laughs> One thing that Fun Fruits had going for it back then, though, is that it was made by Sunkist, which seemed to give them more street cred with parents because it was like they were healthier because they also made orange juice. So yes. it was like a bit of a stretch, but so easy. And it's funny because it's like, it, yeah, it probably worked on some parents, but I think it worked on us too because I, st I still like, gravitate towards the Sunkist look like, oh. Oh, that's 100% sugar, but it's sun-kissed, so... Yeah, they grow oranges, so yeah, clearly they're healthy. unnatural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this came from trees. There's an orange one in the pack. It must be filled <laughs> with vitamin C. It's shaped like an orange slice. So it's been a fun show, Matt. Yes, I have really enjoyed going back and looking at these old creepy commercials again, Jay. Oh, so much fun. What a trip. If the listeners seem like they're into this, it's something we could do again because yeah. there, there are a lot. We've barely scratched the surface. That's true. There's a lot, a lot out there. So you want to go over our picks? Yeah, I guess I'll take a look at yours here. Okay. You brought to the table tonight the Elvira Mug Root Beer commercial with the Go Psycho with Elvira contest where one lucky winner would party with Elvira yes. at the actual Bates Motel. Yes. You also brought to the table Eye Shrapnel. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian exclusive PSA. I know which one's not getting picked. <laughs> no, I, I just was trying to render the uh, the gravity that it deserves. The Bugs Bunny ounce of prevention PSA with the uh, scary ass coffee pot and cookie jar and stovetop pan. Yeah. The Vincent Price time life book. Enchanted book. Enchanted world. Yeah. That's it. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Enchanted world books commercial. Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. Hmm. It's tough. There's a couple that I think that you're leaning on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely Vinny or Bunny. And I think, I mean, I cannot not pick the Vincent Price. Yeah, I, that's, that's an obvious one, you know? Yeah. Two yeah. minutes of absolute joy. I went back and also watched some of the other commercials for that series of books. It's insane. They're it, fucking, even the ones without Vincent Price, they're totally nuts. Totally nuts. But this this was by far the best one. It really does make you wonder why they didn't. They were so good at selling these books through these amazing TV commercials, which were long. Yeah. Why didn't they just turn the books into a TV series? Oh, God. Like they was... knew how to construct a scene, clearly. That would have been amazing. Yeah. Have Vincent Price do his little Crypt Keeper intro, then go to voiceover, maybe through the rest, then go back to them for the end. 
Oh God, little wraparounds. Yes, little wraparounds starring Vinnie P. <laughs> And then maybe throw in a little uh, Mr. Wing. We know it's not going to cost you a whole lot. (laughs) All right. So that was good. And we got uh, your picks were outstanding. We've got the sun-kissed spooky fruit commercials, which was out of control. And the space shapes. Don't forget the space space, shapes. Yeah, the space adventures. And then we've got the creep phone hotline, which is filled with all the troll b-roll yeah and and then the coke thirst busters commercial and of course the gremlins drunk driving psa so i mean these are all really strong and i'm taking it down to the sun-kissed spooky fruit commercial and the coke thirst busters so it's Ray Parker Jr. versus a sort of like purple dinosaur space alien with gold eyes. I am actually going to go with the Spooky Fruit commercial. I don't know if that's a shocker. Wow, is that, that a shocker? Is a shocker. Yeah. Man, yeah. Vegas odds makers are tearing their hair out right now. <laughs> you just killed the whole industry. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, what, I mean, if you would think, if if you polled the audience here and you gave them three options: Ray Parker Jr., Gizmo, and the cast of a Fun Fruits commercial, I don't think many would have picked number three. This is not getting lost on us, you and I, because we actually used to eat horror fruit snacks, basically. Yep, yep, yep. And they weren't even like a Halloween release. Like they, these came out like May or something. Like yeah. they were just randomly spooky shaped. Okay, good. yeah, works for us. Yeah, it's like that. Those were our fruit snacks, like made essentially for us. Totally. <laughs> so our, our finalists tonight are Vincent Price and the Fun Fruit Trees. That is a, uh, <laughs> that is a, uh, a show I would like to see. <laughs> oh man so it's been fun and of course we want to remind everybody that uh, we're over on patreon patreon.com slash purple stuff yes that's where you can get an exclusive bonus show and maybe some other things uh for money (laughs) yes exactly so we really appreciate the support Yes, thanks, guys. And we'll be back soon with another Verbal Stuff podcast. Yes. I'm Jay from the Sexy Armpit. And I am Matt from Dinosaur Dracula. We'll see you next time. (laughs) Coming up next, the terror continues with Friday the 13th, the series. And tonight at midnight, enter the mysterious world of the Twilight Zone, here on WXXA. Listening to the Burp Burp Purple Stuff Podcast. <laughs>